Chapter 53 The Secret of Deliverance from Evil By the fear of the Lord one keeps away from evil. Proverbs 16.6 There is evil in the world. The world is now the opposite of what God made it. It was good, very good. Genesis 1.31 It now lies in wickedness. There is evil within and without, evil morally and physically. Every creature of God was made good, but each one has become evil. There is evil in the sense of disorder, pain, disease, sorrow, and death. There is also evil in the sense of sin. It is this last thing that our text points to. For evil in the sense of disease, death, or sorrow is not to be cured just now by the remedy our text suggests or by any remedy whatever. We wait for these cures until the resurrection of the just. What then is this evil that God calls sin? To know this, we must go to the Bible, and the Bible points us to the fall, the flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, Sinai, and Calvary, so that we may learn what it is and what God thinks of it. Especially the last two are important, Sinai and Calvary. Not Sinai without Calvary, nor Calvary without Sinai. The law must be read in the light of the cross. There is another revelation or declaration of sin, but it has not come yet the second death, an eternal hell. And yet, when it does come, it will not tell us more than the cross has. Men make light of sin. Fools make a mockery of sin. At the worst, they treat it simply as a calamity, an unavoidable misfortune, a hereditary evil for which they are not wholly responsible. God's estimate of sin is unspeakably awful. It is the abominable thing that I hate. It is an evil that I cannot bear. It cast the angels out of heaven. It rained on the world. It brought the flood. It drew down the fire and brimstone. It slew my son. It will yet set the world on fire. It will kindle hell. God does not look on sin as man looks on it. We wonder at all this and say, Why then does God allow it to remain? Why did he let it enter? Why does he not sweep it off? We answer that God allowed it to enter just so that it might spread and unfold itself, and yet also that it might at length be utterly rooted out. He did not destroy it at once because he wished to show its awful nature, its power to propagate, its manifold aspects, the utter impotency of mere creaturehood, and yet also to crush it forever. God at this moment is carrying on these two processes, letting sin spread and develop itself and getting rid of it. One great object in redemption is to destroy it from man's heart and from man's earth. The Bible is a revelation of God's means for thus eradicating sin. The Son of Man came to deliver us from it, and He does so by bringing us back to the fear of God. How am I to get rid of this evil? This is the great question. One, not by time. Time cures many things, but not this. It wears down the rock, but it doesn't cure sin. Sin only grows more ingrained when left to itself. 2. Not by effort. The strength of human will is no more against sin than the helm of the little skiff in the day of the raging tempest. Human resolution will not do. The enemy is too subtle and too strong. 3. 
not by human wisdom. Science and philosophy can do nothing. Human skill, human devices, and physical implements, laws, social, sanitary, or political, can do nothing. It is too terrible a disease for man to heal. For not by law. By the law is the knowledge of sin, not the cure of it. The law is powerless in such a case. It is but a torch held up at midnight to show the ruin, havoc, and woe. And five, not by terror. By terror, evil may be pent up, compelled to hide itself, not be driven out. No terror nor force can make a man holy. If not by these, then by what is evil expelled from us? By the fear of the Lord, our text replies. It is only this that goes to the root of the matter. This is the true medicine, the true corrective, the true deterrent, the true expulsive energy, acting both from without and from within. From without, because he whom we fear is without. From within, because this fear of the Lord is implanted within us. By the fear of God, we don't mean the dread of God or the terror of the Lord. Dread may restrain evil, but it cannot eradicate it. It may make a man a plausible hypocrite, but not a saint. The true fear of the Lord, the moment that it begins to act upon the soul, does lead men to depart from evil. This fear of God has its root in pardon. There is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Psalm 130, 4. Forgiveness, ascertained forgiveness, conscious forgiveness. This is the beginning of all true fear. The lack of pardon, a doubtful pardon, a pardon to be worked for all the days of our life, may produce dread, but not fear. This fear, resting on an ascertained forgiveness, expels a world of evil from the human heart and keeps it from re-entrance. It loosens the hold that sin has on us. It liberates us so that we may be free to be holy. The evil things that God hates, bondage, gloom, moroseness, doubt, hard thoughts, as well as love of the world and love of sin, are all detached from us, and we from them. Like sunshine falling on a frozen river, the fear of God dissolves our frozen faculties, and sets aflow the waters of the soul. It works itself out and unfolds itself in such things as 1. Obedience, we obey because we fear. This is the true obedience, the result of familial, happy fear. We are constrained to obey, yet we obey freely and joyfully. 2. Fellowship, without the fear that springs from pardon, there could be no fellowship. Dread keeps the soul from God. True fear brings it close. Dread shuts up the soul against interaction with God. True fear leads it to reveal itself without reserve, yet with reverence. 3. Love. Fear produces love, and love produces fear. They minister to each other. God's forgiving love kindles love in us, and yet it is reverential love. For he who has forgiven and loved us is so infinitely great and glorious. And for zeal. Work for this God becomes our second nature. We cannot help but work. The effect of this blessed fear upon us is to set all our faculties in motion, to make us zealous men. Slothfulness, selfishness, and indifference, when touched by this fear, flee like unclean spirits. 
Thus we say to ourselves, 1. I fear God, therefore I must listen to Him. I am not terrified into listening, I am attracted to it. The voice of that infinite Jehovah, who has freely forgiven me, is to me the sweetest as well as the most solemn of all voices. I love to hear Him speak, and I am always saying, Speak, for your servant is listening. 1 Samuel 3.10 2. I fear God, therefore I must try to please Him. I mustn't merely seek to avoid offending or displeasing Him, but I must also try to please Him. And I must live, like Enoch, a life of God-pleasing, not man-pleasing nor self-pleasing. 3. I fear God, therefore I must give up sin. This new fear of God has turned my love of sin into hatred of it. I hate sin because I fear God. He hates it, therefore I hate it, and give it up. The more I think of Him, the more I am disposed to part with all sin. 4. I fear God, therefore I must do His will. The will of Him whom I fear must always be my rule of duty. The more that I fear Him, the more His will becomes my rule. Not my will, but yours be done, is what we say to the God whom we fear. And 5. I fear God, therefore I must seek to be like Him. Mere dread would never lead us to desire conformity to His image, but fear does. It is because of God's glory that we stand in awe of it, and in beholding it we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Thus it is that by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. Yes, this is the divine cure for sin. This is our strength against temptation, our refuge against the fear of man, our help against every adversary. What a glorifying thing it is to God when we say that His fear would deliver you from all sin. What a solemn thing it is to tell the sinner that it is the lack of this fear that is making you what you are. Transgression speaks to the ungodly within his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes. Psalm 36, 1. Yes, the lack of this fear is the cause of all the evil, and the presence of this fear would be the introducer of all good.